Hey, babe. How are you doing? <laughs> good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Are we on? <laughs> Microphone checker. One, two, checker. <laughs> <laughs> I want to yeah. welcome everybody. <laughs> Just think about all the other times you asked me to check your mic. <laughs> <laughs> I want to welcome everybody to our new podcast. You're wrong about us. This is awesome. This is our first uh, podcast. I'm going to tell you a little something about it. I'm uh, currently incarcerated, uh, facing life without the possibility of parole. Uh, you guys are about to get the humanistic perspective through the eyes of me and my wife, my partner, my best friend. You're everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, my everything. Like she said, we're going through an amazing time, both bad and good. And uh, we want you guys to, to see it. We know that there's a lot of people in our same position, and uh, this can be very, very, extremely difficult. Um You'll find out how I got here and um, how I'm trying to get home. I've learned a lot in these last couple of years that I've been down, and, um, and I want to share it. We want to help people get through it, and uh, we don't have all the answers by no means, but uh, we definitely try and get them. Um, maybe to uh, understand a little bit more about how we got together, how we came to form this. I'm going to have my wife jump in and uh, introduce Hello. Turn <laughs> you off. Dad cuts you off all the time. Um, well, another thing, I just want to piggyback off of what you said in regards to why we decided to um, make our story public so people can access the intricacies of what we do talk about daily. When you did go down, I didn't have a whole lot of resources to turn to as far as um, people that I could relate to. In fact, I lost a lot of friends, not from their doing, but, you know, primarily from my doing because I pushed, um, you know, I just kind of cut my circle really, really, really tight, like my circle's a dog now. And um, so that made me understand I needed to kind of probably reach out to some resources or some people that I could relate to, and I did that. And uh, I turned to social media, found some platforms that have these type of conversations on them, uh, prison wife platforms and prison reform platforms, things of that nature where the conversation was normalized, like I felt comfortable being able to reach out to to those platforms because, you know, the conversation was normalized. And unfortunately, like on regular social media, whenever we do, whenever, at least whenever I bring up those type of um, of uh, ideals and, and platforms like prison reform or criminal reform, not a lot of people want to talk about it. It's like taboo. Um, so then I started talking about you more often on those platforms and, and I got the courage to to begin to have that conversation and, and, and normalize it, you know? And 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 then people started reaching out to me that didn't have the courage to have those same conversations because their husbands were incarcerated or boyfriends and, and that made me like fulfilled. That empowered me. So I'm originally from the Bay Area. I was born in Oakland, raised in Daly City. 
And now I'm back in Oakland. I've been back in Oakland since uh, 2008. I am a trained dancer. Danced for uh, uh, pretty much all my life. I uh, danced for every professional dance team in the Bay Area, from the uh, Golden State Warriors. The Run CMC era is when I started with the Warriors back in the 90s. And then I went on to dance for the 49ers. also danced for some legends back then, too. Jerry Rice, Steve Young. Yeah. Oh, T.O., he, uh, he was a rookie when I was a rookie. And then I ended my career with the Raiders. So I love dance. Dance is a big part of my life. In addition to that, back in the day, I was real estate. I have a broker's license. And currently, I work at the airlines. So uh, as in my uh, career, the other thing I do full-time is be a mom. I have three beautiful grown-ass kids. They are all boys, 19, 21, and 26. Two in college, one graduated from college, so yes, hand clap. <laughs> also, um, I'm married to that amazing man that you hear on the other line. And um, we met bartending. That's just one other thing I did as a career as well. And uh, that was in what, 2009? Yeah, 2008. And it was instant love at first sight because he literally told me that he wanted to marry me when he met me. <laughs> True story. So, uh, anyway. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, a little bit about me. Um, uh, I'm born and raised in New York. Uh, I actually finished high school in uh, San Jose and uh, went back to New York. Finally settled back in in 08, got into the restaurant industry, caught the bug because there was no Puerto Rican food out here, and I am Puerto Rican. From that first food truck, I opened up a takeout and then a restaurant. I was on the show Diners, Drivers, and Dives shortly before I landed in this luxury mansion suite. Uh, <laughs> uh, 4,900-room mansion. But... um. <laughs> I, uh, I've been through a lot of my life. I met my wife back in uh, 09, and it's true. I did ask her, would she marry me? She told me she was never getting married again. I told her to give me a few weeks. It was going to take some time. <laughs> actually, it took me a lot more than a few more weeks, but uh, we got married in 14, and we've been going, we've been going ever since. So um, here we are, and uh, now we're navigating through this incredible time in our life. I wanna, I wanna let everybody know that <clears throat> I've learned something in these last two years of being down, and that's a, uh, you, you can't value something that takes nothing to get. And I can assure you that where we're at right now has taken a lot. That's just a brief. We'll, we'll we'll dive deeper into that story, but that's a, a brief, you know, outlook on, you know, who we are and uh, how we got here is another story. So um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, You're Wrong About Us is that absolute perspective on everything that you may think is wrong about a person, and uh, we, we get it all the time. So Yes, I think this show we wanted to make a premise about what um, the reason is behind the show. We already explained it, but just so you can kind of understand and, again, understand our strife in a humanistic form, uh, it, because 
the things that happen to you do not make you, right? But they also create who you can be. They create, like, you don't know what type of challenges you're capable of doing until you actually are exposed to that challenge. And for me personally, that challenge came when Eric and I separated. And and that happened shortly before he went to jail. The reason was because of um, the drugs and alcohol and substance abuse. And it it was a it was a tumultuous time in our relationship. And that separation, though, made me garner the 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 energy and the um, courage to get up and do something that I would never have done otherwise. And that was like take a deep self inventory about who I was and where I wanted to see myself. I was very much like the ride or die. Eric has a very successful um, business, and I was by his side every step of the way of his business. And a lot of my life was consumed by his business, and I didn't really have my own voice. So his our separation allowed me to get my voice and kind of um, use it. But then when he went down, I had no choice. Uh, so many families deal with that, right? So you literally, when when a family member goes into incarceration, you're taking an entire uh, income away from that family. And visiting Eric, when I was able to visit, a lot of the sadness came from seeing all these. You uh, have one minute remaining. Seeing the um, a lot of the sadness came every time we heard that voice. Yeah, <laughs> seeing these uh, young women and their and their three, four kids, and you know, bringing them up there and and not and and wondering like how are they surviving every day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I want to bring out a point. Um, this uh, here's a interesting and awesome point about my wife. Um, we were separated right before I came in here, and um. She absolutely did not have to take this uh, incredible voyage with me. She could have turned. She could have kept going. Um, and would have had every right to because at the, tour, at the time that I was given the ultimatum of pretty much my, my family or my substance abuse, I, I regretfully um, didn't know how to turn down the substance. And... Um, and uh, even though I was there still for the kids and, uh, uh, you know, um, I got the help that I did, um, I, 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 I turned my back on, on that, which was most important to me. And, um, and so she didn't have to, but she did, and, uh, and we figured it out. So I think that was pretty awesome. Thank you, Beth. And, um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was God. It was a higher power because trust and believe that I am 100% about faith and I don't do anything that my feelings and my heart won't push me to do. That's but that's how, that's what directs me. And so with that being said, that 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 makes um for me uh, that journey made me understand how connected I was with with you. I, yeah. I, uh, I I want people to know too though that um when I when I came in here I still had those uh problems and uh uh 
I want you to know that the biggest revelation for me was admitting that I was uh, an alcoholic um, and had uh, substance abuse problems. And, um, and I did that because I realized I was that. But you, I want you to understand something that um, what I realized is that I was a functioning alcoholic because I, I, I always thought that that guy, that drug guy, that addict was the guy that was down and out in the corner and he didn't, you know, he didn't look like me, not a guy that could work 15, 16 hours a day, get up and do it again, get high or whatever. And so um, when I realized, whoa, I was actually functioning alcoholic, uh, I was the type of guy that if you knock me down, I'm going to get back up. I always am going to get back up. But when you're functioning alcoholic, you don't know that you're down, so you don't ever worry about getting back up. So <clears throat> I had to realize that I was down, and it was this trip that uh, allowed me to realize that. So, um, you, you know, uh, I went through substance abuse classes. I, I learned a lot about myself. And um, and I chose to uh, to turn that around. So I think that that's also a big part of what kept us together. Because had I continued on that path, or you know, say I'm coming home and I'm going to continue on that path, then then this wouldn't work. You know what I mean? But you have to make a conscious choice. So you gotta for those that got people that are in there, you gotta. <clears throat> try and figure out where they're going and help encourage the uh, the path they take, you know. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, when when I was able to conjure up the courage to start mentioning you more on social media and, thing, and things like that and in the public, um, people reached out to me and when they reached out to me, you know, we'd be able, we, we were able, several, like, I don't know, maybe four or five people that never had any idea that their significant others were incarcerated. And one of the commonalities that we had was that drugs and alcohol played a big part in it, you know. And what my advice was on certain levels, because it's an experience that I had gone through, so I was able to speak intelligently about it and give these people heartfelt, you know, advice from my own experience, was that um, you got to let it go like that's like the hardest thing for me when we were going through our separation was that at one point i realized that that was a that was a battle between me and your substance abuse and i wasn't gonna win and until like my spirit was able to let you go in that way i was stuck in in in, in internally and just stuck unable to really work on my mental health and my growth as a person individually. So that's one thing that I think uh, helped me understand. And when someone told it to me, you know, someone told me, one of my best friends who has also uh, struggled with their family member and um, and uh, substance abuse, and she was like, Robbie, you know, <laughs> Eric isn't going to ever choose you, period. I didn't realize that until, you know, until I realized it. And anyway, so with that being said, I think our story is unique because um, why I'm able to wake up every morning and be feeling blessed every day is because if I feel if you didn't go to prison, and we talk about this all the time, 
I wouldn't have you as a husband. I wouldn't have you as a husband. I wouldn't have you as a father to the kids. I don't even know if you'd be alive right now. And, and so, you know, that that makes that makes this experience bittersweet. Yeah, it it, it, get, it definitely gave us uh, the um, the navigation that that was needed to at least know where we were going because I, I definitely didn't know where I was going. Um, and uh, and I I think being a functioning uh, alcoholic or you know. Uh, person that's abusing substances is what's harder is that you actually think you're different mm. and, um, yeah. and it, it's it's the subtle things like okay even though you're coherent and you're like all right yeah no no no, no I'm, I'm not gonna do it no more you wake up with messed up hangover as soon as it clears up you're like okay i'll do it in moderations and i, I had a theory where remember when you told me <laughs> You, you have a three-shot limit before you start getting stupid. And I was like, okay, three shots. I got three shots, you know, one and done, two and through, and then three and flee. And uh, what happened once I got to the third one, sure, once I got to the third one, um, I was like, you know what, these things have to get bigger so they can stay within the three confines. So they were three shots, they were just three double shots, and we constantly reinvent ourselves, you know, um, uh, to try and make it make sense, and, and, and the only thing that does make sense is being able to get a hold of it, Not, I, I don't care who it is, not until the person themselves can admit it, then will the problem start to start forming to to where you can actually get a resolution because unless you know it's a problem, you're not going to do anything about it. Right. And as a person that is, um, you know, the wife or, or the mom or whoever, you're dealing with someone that you love deeply who is, um, you know, a, a substance abuse uh, situation, you know, it's it's such a so hard. It, the, those things stick with, like those memories and the issues that we've gone through, they stick with me forever. But I, I take ownership of them just like he does. And that enables me to be able to move forward. And, 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 cause it, it, it they, I basically felt like, I, you know, I need therapy now because of the shit that I went through with, uh, with it. And I, and I did. And, and I went and, you know, I, I, I got a lot of mindfulness therapy. Um, you know, I enriched, I enriched myself. I spent a lot of time on myself so that I can be healthy. And then when you went to jail, the thing that I focused on was, okay, well, this is an opportune time for me to continue to enrich myself. I got a new job. You know, I, I was able to really just kind of understand how I felt comfortable in my own skin. Whether or not I was your wife or not, I needed to feel comfortable in my own skin as a single woman. And yeah. um, and that's that's what that's what you have to do when you're when you're also because you I'm addicted to you so that's an addiction too and that's I'm not I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying it's gonna be funny but what I noticed is the commonality between people that um, also you know are the wives of such abuse of these people is that they become addicted to them you know what I mean it's like you want to help you want to you want them to get better you want to and that shit is addicting. So, 
Anyway, yeah, we're glad you brought that up. We're gonna, um, we're gonna. That, that's the other thing we're gonna look at too is that, um, is how because for, you know, we had a good time even during the time that I was, you know, getting high or whatever, and I can't believe I maintained all what we made. It's the, it's, 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 it's honestly the worst feeling because I would be like, I, I swear I would be like, I, I would rather you go and, and be doing, and, and, and do cocaine opposed to drinking alcohol. But I was like excited about you doing cocaine because I knew we were going to have a fun night that night. That's crazy. <laughs> but the only way we were going to have fun is if you chose the lesser of two evils, which was either you were going to get drunk and I had some mafias off the floor or you were going to get drunk. <laughs> And then there was coke involved, so it wouldn't be as bad. So it was bad. That's right. How enabling is that? Yeah, right. That was the other thing. (laughs) You gotta, because I was never judged in that fashion, I was able to keep going, right? And not so much the judgment part, but you gotta, you gotta understand the flip side to that coin, like this can't be heading down a good road. Like, no. you know what I mean? It's like, kinda, no. you're getting into a car that got no brakes. That's That can't be good unless you're going to run into a bunch of mattresses. You're so, going to have fun on that ride, though, but shit, when you crash, you're going to be Yeah, there. that's, that's going to mm-hmm. hit hard. I, I remember that phone call I made to you, and uh, I was like, I, you know, I just knew this was going to be a long ride, and um, I just, uh, you know, whether you stayed or or or, or you, you left, um, you know, which you were well within your right, I was just like, you was just the first person I wanted to tell, like, like you know what, it, it's I, I'm gonna have to fix this now, you know, and um, and so uh, uh, I, I I do I credit I credit this time with saving my life saving our marriage and everything else that, that comes with it because I've learned a great deal about law and um, people, myself, us. And, um, and, and I you're inspired to, to, to get your degree. Right. You know, some shit that just things are going to happen. I'm going to tell you that, that I also look at, you know, situations now, it's funny because, like, when you tell me about situations out there, I just look at them a little differently than I think I would if, if I was out there and, and you know, in, on that track. And it's just, it's good to be sober. God, it's so good to be sober. Mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. thought I'd say that, but, <laughs> 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 you know, and I'm here with, with people actually continue that pattern, right? And so I'm like, God, like, what the fuck was wrong with me? <laughs> like, that was not fun, and I see people. But I talk to you sometimes when you drink, and, uh, you know, and I'm like, God, I feel sorry for her. Wow, hit the ten minutes. But I look at it and I, I hear you talking silly and then um you know, I'm right on you and um and then uh mm-hmm. you like please like you don't want to hear it as you waking up with a hangover and I was like, <laughs> No <laughs> And I remember how I would never hear it from you. You have one minute remaining. I would never hear it from you when I woke up like that and uh 
and and uh, yeah, even though it was a little enabling, like like you you gotta ask yourself when you're talking to somebody, uh, are they coming up with the excuses and and shifting blame or because not until you take culpability, not accountability. Accountability, yeah, that's the responsibility aspect, but culpability is the guilt aspect. I am guilty of that. And um, I'm guilty of enabling myself. And I think coming to that conclusion was far bigger than any accountability I could have ever took because I've always taken accountability for my actions and drinking and, you know, whatever else. But I never took culpability, and, and that was a big step. But um, I love you, babe. Um, I'm going um, to talk to you in a little while. And, um, okay. You call me tonight? Yep, I'll call you. Thank you for using GTL. Ooh, episode one is a wrap over and out. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for your thoughts. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for your love. We appreciate it. I do want to leave you with some final thoughts. I want to kind of talk about the creative process of the production in this in this podcast. It is it is quite challenging. It's it's quite challenging primarily because you know on the podcast is basically recorded over the phone, and Eric is in jail, and so he has very limited time to be out. The coronavirus has um, caused every incarceration incarcerated facility across the country to be on complete lockdown so his very limited time that he gets out and he's dedicated this to this and um, you know I, I sincerely appreciate that his passion is there and he's spending the little time that he has to make this happen i do also understand that it sounds like <laughs> it kind of sounds like an am radio station right and so maybe maybe we could think of it as kind of vintagey <laughs> I don't know. All I, all I do know, though, is that this will evolve over time. I am going to be always researching different technical aspects of how I can improve upon that. If you have any resources for me, if you have any thoughts or ideas about that, please feel free to swing them my way. This episode was focused on the drug and alcohol abuse aspect of our life and i do want to send you some resources if you a friend or a loved one you know is seeking help you can contact the harm reduction therapy center they can be located and um, on the world wide web at harmreductiontherapy.org also if you have any questions about this episode if you have any advice for us any feedback any uh dialogue you'd like to contact us because you want to be able to talk to someone who is relatable like i did when eric went down please feel free to email us that email address is you're wrong about us at gmail.com also we can be reached on the instagram on ig at you're wrong about us feel free to slide into our dms with any questions or comments or anything at all thank you so much for your support once again i'd like to leave you with this final note judging a person does not define who they are it defines who you are bless up my friends <laughs>